Number 17. Sunshine on Issues reports from the State House in Tallahassee, the Chaos Edition. I'm James Call, Capitol Reporter for the Tallahassee Democrat and a former Capitol Bureau Chief for the Florida Public Radio Network. I roam the halls of the State Capitol Complex. People tell me things, and then I tell you what they told me. Next week starts the stretch run of the 2018 legislative session. Budget allocations are on the horizon, and while everything seems to be on track for a timely completion of a state budget, chaos is breaking out elsewhere. We have two things this week, the Parkland High School massacre, and the mayor called the speaker a Canadian, the immigration debate. This edition of Sunshine on Issues was recorded Friday at 2 p.m. The day after 17 people were slaughtered at a public high school, Moms Demand Action rallied at the state capitol. Clad in red t-shirts, about 40 mom, dads, and grandparents gathered under an oak tree next to the old capitol steps. They had come to deliver 5,000 petitions in support of laws limiting access to guns. The group formed after Sandy Hook killings. Kate Kyle leads the Tallahassee chapter. Happened yesterday on Valentine's Day, on Ash Wednesday, was horrific. It's a tragedy that happens only in this country. Only in America do we see these shootings again and again. And if you're like me, you pictured yourself as one of those parents, desperate to find out if your child was safe. I have a high school freshman, I have a freshman in college, and I have a fifth grader. And it terrifies me to think that they would be hiding in a closet and running down the street for their lives. And I'm sure you feel the same way I do. This happened in our state. It doesn't matter if it happened in another state or another country. We're human beings. We have to respond to these events. We do not have to live this way. This is a uniquely American problem. What I want you to remember is that we are the government. This is a democracy and the government is us. They are elected by us to represent us. They are not elected to represent a small special interest. I understand special interests want to get their things done, but we are the government. If the government fails to act in our best interest and for our safety, we need to elect new leaders. Off to the side listening was Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. He represents the neighborhoods around the Pulse nightclub where 49 people were gunned down in 2016. Smith has sponsored a bill banning assault weapons for the past two years. He can't get the legislature to consider it in committee. He calls semi-automatic weapons instruments of war. They don't belong in civilian hands. Military-style assault weapons are weapons of war. They were designed for war, and it is the reason why they are the weapon of choice for mass murderers. They're the gold standard for mass murder. Where do we draw the line? Where do the Second Amendment rights of every individual end and the right of every human being to live begin? And year after year, they've refused to hear this bill. These victims deserve a hearing. The kids in Sandy Hook deserve a hearing. And the 49 people at Pulse deserve a hearing. These 17 people who's, who are are gone forever, whose parents are 
mourning the tragic loss of their child in a public school. They deserve a hearing. I'm just going to keep filing this bill every single year, even if they refuse to hear it. I'm not going to be deterred. I don't care. These people are too important. And my, my assault weapons ban and large capacity magazine ban is not the end-all solution to gun violence, but it's part of the puzzle. We need that in combination with universal background checks, which 90% of Americans support. We need that in combination with funding for mental health. Florida's 50th in the nation. We're lingering on the vine. What are the values of this legislature? After Mom's Demean Action presented his office with the petitions, Senate President Joe Negron met with reporters. Negron adeptly skirted the issue of more gun regulations. You don't see anything that requires that. No, I didn't say that. If there are, if someone has exhibited mental health challenges that lead reasonable people call into question whether they are violent or not, whether they are a threat, whether they've made menacing comments, whether online or in person, to the extent it's being reported, and we have to wait till all the facts come in, but it's being reported that um, this individual was essentially expelled from the school, was asked to leave, and that there was a, a warning about the possibility of him returning and doing something violent. I think we're all committed to the principle that a person in that category should not have access to any type of firearm and to the extent that we can review our current laws to make sure that they are providing that to the best of our ability, um, we should. That is hardening our schools. Of course, everyone in the state's used to the idea of hardening buildings for hurricanes and natural disasters. Are we looking at a point in this state where we're going to have, uh, and you're speaking as a father, where we're going to have schools with metal detectors and armed police officers in the cars and so forth? Well, we already have um, school resource officers who in most cases are armed, they're in our schools. And um, we've increasingly seen at public events, whether they're concerts, whether they're community events where the use of uh, metal detectors um, has become the, the, the norm and the standard for security. I would leave those decisions ultimately up to each individual school district, but we're committed to providing them the funds to uh, make those decisions and it'll be up to each individual school district to to do what they think is safe. Ma'am, I think you have a question. This week in Tallahassee also saw the first debate of the 2018 gubernatorial campaign, sort of. House Speaker Richard Corcoran had called out Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum in a campaign-style video for Gillum's advocacy for sanctuary cities. Then the two agreed to debate immigration policy. Gillum is a candidate for the Democratic nomination for governor. Corcoran is expected to seek the GOP nomination. A curious thing happened during the Tuesday night debate when Gillum pointed out that Corcoran was born in Canada. That drew a sharp rebuttal from the speaker. Here's the exchange. The speaker himself is an immigrant, uh, spent uh, the early years of his life in Canada. 
And I don't have anything against Canadians, by the way, but the point being, for many of the undocumented people who have chosen to call Florida home, that have chosen this state, uh, likely spent less time in their countries of origin than the speaker spent in the state of, in the country of, of, of Canada before immigrating here to the United States. All I'm saying is that we can be a nation of laws and a nation of compassion, and these are not mutually exclusive ideas. They're in fact complementary, and they've been complementary up to this point until, quite frankly, uh, uh, we've seen the politics of Trump enter into state politics, and I believe this ad and this debate that we're having tonight is simply uh, a downflow and an outflow of that kind of ridiculous, bottom of the barrel, dog whistle, bullhorn politics that is divisive rhetoric uh, that is dangerous for this state and also dangerous for this country. I'll just say real fast, I'm not an immigrant. I'm a natural born American citizen. My father, who was born in 1919 and lived through the Great Depression, who served in World War II chasing Nazis through North Africa and into Italy, was working for the U.S. government in Canada. That's why we were in Canada at the time. I'm a natural-born American citizen. I don't and to, and to, a pejorative, by the way. And to say, I, I to think say it's I'm, good. To say I'm an immigrant is, is, is uh, uh, you playing politics and using pejoratives in the worst possible way. So to try to say that, that I've engaged in that kind of behavior is just so disingenuous, Mayor Gillum. I can't believe you would say that. Uh, in addition to that, what I will tell you is I'm not the great-grandson. I'm not the grandson. I'm the son of an immigrant. My father met my mother, who served also in World War II, who fought the Nazis in London, and she was an immigrant, a legal immigrant, because she married my father, and she got her citizenship. And all these policies where you allow illegal criminal immigrants to go out on the street and terrorize families and children and sons and daughters, all that does is undermine all those legal immigrants who've made our country fantastic, including my mom, who, who, who did it the right way, who waited in line, and contributed to our society. Afterwards, reporters asked Gillum about Corcoran's reaction to being called a Canadian. Characterizing him as an immigrant, as that that was a pejorative. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to make clear, one, that him being from Canada, my, my calling that out is not to use it as a pejorative. I, in fact, I know a lot of U.S. citizens who want to go to Canada right now. It's, it's not a pejorative, but I, I don't understand why such deep offense to being described as an immigrant. I didn't say his father wasn't U.S. born and hadn't done great service. Um, the point was that he has spent uh, more time uh, growing up in the in uh, uh, Canada and in that country than many dreamers have spent in their countries of homeland. Uh, they were brought here just as he was to no say of his own, but by an action and by the decision of his parents. Um, and that's a simple statement of fact. And I really regret that he took such offense to uh, it being called out um, uh, that he was born and partially raised in Canada in another country and immigrated legally. Uh, but through no decision-making of his own here to the United States. And here's the reporter's gaggle with Florida House Speaker Richard Corcoran after Tuesday's debate discussing the House's proposed ban on sanctuary cities. No, the, the statute, the federal statute uh, and the law that we've applied, uh, the, the metrics for what this um, bill would do says you have to be an illegal immigrant engaged in criminal behavior. 
That's what we're talking about. Illegal ignorance and great engaged in criminal behavior. And as you saw, as you saw throughout the whole debate, write it. Well, he won't take a stance on making the entire state a sanctuary state, and he won't take a stance on making the entire state not a sanctuary state. And that's what this whole debate was about. I'll, I'll take that stance. I'll say it to everybody, any place, any time. Florida, not one city and not one square mile of Florida should be a sanctuary city. And where we take our citizens and put them in peril for a criminal, illegal immigrant to be out on the streets and to, and to suffer what we saw in San Francisco. That's unacceptable. But the fact that he won't say it, he won't say it. He gave great long answers, talked about accountability, and talked about giving the tools to law enforcement. He would never answer that question. But by so being here illegally, does that make them a criminal? Are you looking at tweaking House Bill 9 to make it more acceptable in the Senate? No, I, I, we have no desire at this point to amend the bill. It's a great bill. We've sent it over to them three years in a row. Sorry. We've sent, uh, hold on, we've sent it over to them three years in a row. And, and you look at last year. You know, if you, get, if you get all the way to, how many of you guys did I talk to at different times during the legislative session, you're saying, you know, what's going to happen with the Education 7069? What's going to happen with this? And guess what we did? We landed all the planes and all these things that everyone had said was dead and was never going to be passed at this point. Last session, all of them, for the most part, got passed and signed into law. So I still think there's a great opportunity for us to, to work with our colleagues in the Senate and get it done. But even if we don't, I can assure you, I can assure you it'll be back the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. It is something that the overwhelming majority of the House of Representatives believes that no criminal, illegal immigrants should be allowed to be out on the streets when all we have to do is cooperate with the federal authorities and hold them for 48 hours. So where's the actor in your Go ahead. Uh, federal, multiple federal judges, including one as recently as last Thursday, have said that state and local officials holding illegal immigrants on 48-hour immigration detainers is a violation of the United States Constitution and federal law. Your, your uh, bill would then open them up to uh, being sued for damages if they do so. So how do you square both of those? No, and, and, and I'll, I'll give a hats off to Chairman Metz. Chairman Metz has done a terrific job. We've looked at all of the Texas litigation. We've looked at all of the federal litigation. And basically, the, the big linchpin that, where Texas got in trouble is immigration and, and, and our borders is controlled by the federal government. It's, it's strictly a federal enforcement issue. But they also, in federal law, absolutely prohibit local governments or state entities from not cooperating with them in the enforcement of that federal law. What got Texas in trouble, what got some of these other folks in trouble, is they give that enforcement mechanism, which is solely in the hands of ICE, they give that to their own law enforcement officers. We don't do that. We still allow the federal law enforcement officers to have full authority for enforcement of immigration. All we're saying is to local elected officials is you guys have to cooperate. When ICE reaches out to you and says, we want to hold for 48 hours on that individual, you have to cooperate. That's completely constitutional and with the bounds of, of uh, all these litigations, uh, pieces of litigation that we're seeing out there. So the mayor, the mayor took you, issue you, you're with you're the actor in your ad wearing oh, a hoodie. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Give everyone a chance. Speaker, yeah. Have, have <laughs> I thought you asked me the first question. No. Uh, oh, so you switched spots. He the first four. You, you switched spots. <laughs> Speaker, your ad Sorry. Yeah, your ad depicts Kate Stanley's death. No, it, did, it didn't say a reenactment. You're, you're it, it, it was, it was a, yes, and I talk about the impact. That's how the bill got started. Well, yeah, and here's in my 20, In 2015, yeah. you go back. The, the, the first time we passed the Sanctuary uh, City Bill Law was in, in 2016 right after the summer of Kate Steinle's death. In 2016 we passed it, 2017 we passed it, 2018 we passed sure, it. And so what the, what the commercial was saying was, this is the impetus, mm -hmm. and this is the threat. The threat is that you could have a child, a, any individual, killed on the streets when you allow these people to go out there. And well, the evidence is all across the nation. Did you run that ad by Kate Steinle's parents? No, I did not.
walking right now. <laughs> this has been Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee. Ashley White is our producer for the Tallahassee Democrat in the USA Today Network, Florida. Sunshine on Issues can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. The Tallahassee Democrat has been promoting democracy since 1905. I'm James Call, the Democrats' Capitol Reporter. I thank you for your time, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>